grow your brain based on simple movements such as walking. As much as 3% in one year. Casey Thaler's back. Another killer article here today to discuss. How you doing? I'm Clark Danger, host of the Paler Axe Podcast. Listen, last week was our first run with the show, and we got some positive feedback. So we brought it back again for this week. Really short mini-casts to give you bite-sized information on a specific topic with action steps at the end to not leave you in the deep end. You know, you hear about something, you read something, and sometimes it just drops you. You have no clue how to apply it, whether that be sleep or exercise or water. There's no recommendations at the end. There's no solid action steps. You know it, but sometimes it can be hard to apply it in your life. So... The focus of these calls is to nail down a specific topic, not 50, talk about it, read an article, and back it up with science. Then at the end, challenge you to do it for that next week and apply it in your life. So Casey Thaler's back, uh, NACM personalized trainer, fitness specialist, writes articles for PLX Podcast. So today we are talking about the effects of exercise on your brain. If you have a recommendation or feedback, Clark at PaylorHacks.com best place to reach me at. I also have a YouTube channel where I go over more lifestyle philosophy, uh, personal development stuff, and that is Clark Danger Fitness on YouTube. Look that up. PaleoHacks.com is the place to be for more articles, killer content. Really do appreciate your support on the show. It really does help. It's awesome to get your feedback and be um, in dialogue with a lot of you through email. So if you want to reach out through that or social media, love to talk with you. If you're in Seattle, would love to grab coffee. Just hit me up um, on Twitter. I've done it like four or five times with people just on the podcast. Been some really, really cool people that have stopped by Seattle and we've grabbed coffee. So that's always an open door. Let me know when you're rolling through and if it works, we'll make it happen. Anyway, let's go see what my man Casey Thaler has to say. Hello, this is Casey Thaler, and today we'll be discussing the effects of exercise on your brain. We are all hopefully well aware of the numerous physical benefits of exercise. But did you know that exercise has a positive impact on your brain as well? Even walking for 45 minutes per day has been proven to be beneficial. With a modern plight of inactivity and obesity that plagues the global population, this is information that could quite literally save you from developing a debilitating condition like Alzheimer's. Modern society has more or less brainwashed us into a lifestyle of television watching, consumerism, and junk food. Partaking in all these activities is now as American as baseball. I am continually appalled that we are well aware of this information, and yet the majority of us do almost nothing about it. We continue to get sick, and we continue to look for other ridiculous solutions when the evidence for increased health and wellness is right in front of us. A combination of exercising and eating well is the cure for so many illnesses, and yet we wake up every day looking for new solutions. Or maybe you haven't exercised for so long that your brain has literally deteriorated. Yes, this is entirely possible and realistic. This may come as alarming information to some, but they are the ones who probably need this knowledge the most. If you are unfamiliar with the scientific evidence, the very idea that exercise can somehow have a beneficial impact on your brain may seem a little far out. However, if one looks to the scientific literature, a very clear picture comes into focus. Researchers from one study found that physical exercise has been shown to increase brain volume and improve cognition. Other studies have shown that an active lifestyle may prevent or delay loss of cognitive function with aging or neurodegenerative disease. Have I got your attention? There is a staggering amount of scientific information that proves that exercise is great for your brain, yet many still do not partake. Maybe they would like to know that in one study, those who walked for even a small amount of time saw increases in brain-derived neurotrophic factor, Insulin-like growth factor 1, vascular endothelial growth factor 
and many other positive neuronal changes. In yet another study, researchers found that exercise stimulates neurogenesis, increases resistance to brain insult, and improves learning and mental performance. Have I convinced you yet that you should probably invest in some good gym clothes and make an effort to stay in shape? On the other side of the spectrum is that those who are obese, typically not participating in regular exercise, show marked signs of neurodegeneration and decline. Being overweight has been associated with brain atrophy, white matter changes, disturbances of blood-brain barrier integrity, and risk of dementia and Alzheimer's disease. Does that sound good to you? It doesn't to me. Being sedentary is not only putting yourself at an increased risk for obesity, it is also putting yourself at an increased risk for dementia. This is not good. In contrast, one study found that exercise is a powerful stimulus for improving mental health and for generating structural changes in the brain. Yes, structural changes. You can actually change your brain by exercising. How does this work exactly? There is a distinct difference between the brain changes seen from mental activity and the brain changes seen from physical activity. When physically active, your brain will greatly increase the number of new neurons that are produced in the hippocampus. Your brain also gets more blood flow, specifically in the anterior cingulate region, when you exercise regularly. Interestingly, even moderate amounts of caffeine ingestion can lower cerebral blood flow by 25%. This means that physical exercise and limiting or even eliminating caffeine can result in the maximum amount of blood flow to your brain. Both are also obviously great tips when looking to adopt a healthier lifestyle. Besides the number of neurons produced in the hippocampus and increased blood flow to your brain, how else does exercise help cognition? Well, it helps the brain to minimize the effects of aging. Researchers found that exercise primes the brain to access mechanisms that can improve cognition and reduce the detrimental effects of molecular and synaptic changes that occur with age. Pretty exciting stuff. Hopefully we all know, at least anecdotally, that sitting around and not doing anything is a bad idea. But what is less well known is just how detrimental laziness can be for your brain. One study sums it up nicely. Sedentary life impairs self-reparative processes in the brain. So your brain will obviously not be as resilient and thereby will deteriorate faster than it would if you were simply to exercise. That is pretty alarming information. Research has shown that a pattern of consuming junk food, not just the occasional binge, is responsible for obesity and cognitive impairments. This means that we truly are our habits. Don't want your brain to shrink and deteriorate? Start exercising and eating better. As life has become easier for us, i.e. we're not hunting our dinner or actively seeking shelter, nature has gotten its revenge by causing ill health for our bodies and our brains. To put it simply, our modern sedentary lifestyle is killing us. If one is looking for even more justification on why a poor diet and sedentary lifestyle will likely result in poor brain health, then look to the emerging science of gut microbiota. When we consume a poor diet, the bacteria in our guts change, which can result in poor mental health. I know how surprising this may sound, but when you look at it from a clear, mechanistic perspective, it makes perfect sense. Furthermore, those who do not exercise and do a remodeling of their brain, this time in a negative way, in contrast to the restructuring seen in those who do partake in exercise. This is proof that a good diet is not enough to ensure optimal mental health. The restructuring of brain tissue is fascinating, and obviously you'll want to influence that restructuring in a positive fashion. Since exercise also improves fat metabolism, there is virtually no reason that one should not partake in some form of daily activity. The modern obesogenic environment has changed so vastly that some of us become brainwashed into television, junk food, and work. But this is not what humans were meant to be doing. Even in my short lifetime, I have seen the world change greatly and seen just how fat and unhappy human beings have become. But it doesn't have to be this way. Diet and exercise are the biggest factors that individuals can control when it comes to their own health. In fact, different types of exercise affect different parts of the brain. If that's not fascinating, I don't know what is. Since running on a treadmill will have different brain effects than lifting weights, one must also consider performing different types of activities in order to achieve the full neuronal benefits of exercise.
Were you aware of the myriad of changes that occur in your brain when you simply step on the treadmill every day? Many aren't aware of this information, and I hope they've learned something from this article. Since we all rely on the healthcare system, I care about your health, mental and physical, just as much as I care about my own. Modern society has more or less brainwashed us into a lifestyle of television watching, consumerism, and junk food. But it doesn't have to be this way. You're in control of your own health, whether you realize it or not. Take charge and improve your body and your brain. Remember that simply walking for 45 minutes per day results in positive neuronal changes. It may not feel like much, but it could be enough to save your brain's health. In a world where nearly all disease rates are increasing exponentially, doesn't it make sense to partake in any kind of activity that may be beneficial? Do I really need to work this hard to get you to exercise? Exercising and eating well is the cure for so many illnesses, and yet we wake up every day looking for new solutions. The only way to really change things, especially in the long term, is to develop healthy habits that will save both your body and your brain. Also consider the cost of inactivity when making your decision. Did you learn anything new? What kind of physical activities do you do to keep your brain healthy? Let me know in the comments. All right, Paleo Hackers, back again this week with Casey Thaler. Wrote an article on the effects of exercise on your brain, which you can check out on paleohacks.com, the blog. And we're here today to kind of answer some frequently asked questions and um, action steps at the end on how you can apply what we just read, talked about, and discussed into your everyday life and why it actually matters. So, Casey, first question we like to start off with, why, is WIFM. What's in it for me? The person listening at home, they just heard the article. They're going to hear us talk about this. Why does it matter to them? Why does exercise on the brain? What is this worth their time? Sure. So people uh, typically only exercise for the physical benefits, right? That's pretty obvious. Uh, it's usually vanity, like I want to look good or I want to get into my wedding dress or that that sort of thing is all people really think about. But there's a whole uh, host of other stuff going on when you exercise uh, that's maybe beyond people's uh, understanding, but it is going on. So there's one study in particular I like to throw out that people are usually not aware of. If you even walk for 45 minutes a day, uh, they studied this one group that walked for 45 minutes a day compared to the control group, which just stretched, and they followed them for a year. And the group that walked actually gained 3% hippocampal tissue in the brain. So uh, the hippocampus is, yeah, you're learning, your memory, that sort of thing. So in the group that didn't walk for a year, they just stretched, actually lost uh, 2.7%. So Hmm. you could see that over the course of 20 to 30 years, how that little effect could actually start to really add up to like 40 to 60%. Um, So they're looking at it for stuff with like Alzheimer's, dementia, and that being a risk factor uh, as being active. So that's one important thing. Yeah, that's really fascinating. And, And what came to mind is they compared that to stretching. Did they compare it at all do you know if they've done studies with like resistance training or cardio or non-activity? Did they have any of those? Yeah, so the the stretching would be their non-activity, I guess. Um, but the, your brain actually will respond differently to uh, resistance training compared to high-intensity exercise like sprinting or walking. Like it all affects different areas of the brain, and you actually restructure uh, your brain as well. So depending on what type of activity you do, so. It's pretty interesting stuff. So when you say exercise effect on the brain, exercise seems to be a catch-all term like we're hitting on. You know, you got Pilates, which is very different than the bodybuilding, you know, three sets of eight and deadlifting squats. (laughs) I'm I'm assuming they recruit different muscles and they recruit different aspects or or parts on your brain, rather. Uh, Is there any difference? Like, what style of exercise are you referring to? Um, I would say that... 
for most people, again, you have to go uh, from where you're starting. So if you don't do anything at all, you should probably start with walking and you'll see some benefits. If you are somebody that you know runs fairly regularly, maybe you can challenge yourself a little bit more. The really bottom line is just to do anything uh, and then sad sadly like these days that's a you have to tell people that they need to do something um but it's not just for the physical aspect which i think is really what's important and then also you're going to get more blood flow to your brain when you exercise so that's something that most people aren't aware of as well um so okay so the point is to get out of the mindset of exercising is just to make you look good and that right. it actually has internal health benefits that manifest themselves every aspect of your life. Like obviously a 3% growth rate in tissue in your brain is going to affect your relationships, your job, your performance. It's, it's beyond just looking good. Correct. Right. And I think uh, depending on how old you are, the, you know, the difference between exercising and not exercising as you age is a, it's a really big uh, difference. And I think, I have a lot of clients in their, you know, 50s, uh, late 40s that actually just exercise just for that aspect of it and for stress relief as well. But, um, you know, people are terrified to get Alzheimer's and that sort of thing. And it happens, yeah. I think, every minute in the United States, somebody gets Alzheimer's. So it's, uh, it's a pretty scary thing. And there's not a lot you can do about it once you get it. So, um, you know, people are looking for preventative rather than reactive. Wait, say that, say that again. That was what was the statistic you threw out? Every minute? I think it's every it's either every like sixty seconds or sixty five seconds everybody in the United States gets Alzheimer's oh or not everybody gosh. one person gets Alzheimer's <laughs> we yeah. all do we get it every yeah, single every minute, minute of the day <laughs> it's a terrible place to live the American United States cool man so then what are kind of some frequently asked questions your clients give you when they hear exercise on the brain do they have any um, questions that keep popping up that you answer quite often in your work yeah. Um you know, besides exercise, they always want to look for like diet wise, what they can do for their brain. And it's uh, similar stuff that people in the paleo community will probably be familiar with. It's a lot of coconut oil for the MCTs, uh, lower carb tends to do a little bit better for your brain. Um, and there was a study at UCLA last year where they actually reversed uh, Alzheimer's for the first time in a small, small capacity, but it was basically following an exact paleo protocol where you're taking vitamin D, you're getting enough sleep, you're exercising, eating a lowish carb, nutrient dense diet. So, um, that's the most common stuff I get in addition to exercise. Like what else can I do to help my brain? Um, so those people that want it all, they want to, they yeah. want to take it to the next level. Can't get <laughs> yeah. enough. That's true, man. And, and brain health seems to be something floating around out there. That's getting a lot of focus, um, these days, you know, with grain brain and like the brain diet and everyone focusing on the healthy fats, like we talked about last week. And, um, so exercise on brain health seems to be a really key component just with oxygenating everything and, and getting it up there and getting yourself moving. But I guess to kind of start capping this, what are some recommendations you give people that are listening right now to start incorporating exercise's effect on their brain? Like, is there anything they, they can do? Sure. Um, first of all, I would try to, you know, remove like all refined sugar from your diet and try to get your carbs down to like a reasonable amount. That's the first thing you're going to do to help improve your cognition. And then you can also just start doing, if you're not doing anything and you just sit in your office all day, just start by walking. And if you need to do a little more than that, then ramp it up. But, um, I have so many people come to me, uh, that just don't do anything. And then they wonder why they're depressed or why they can't remember stuff as well. And usually, uh, they're not exercising and their diet's very poor. So that that would be what I would tell people to do right off the bat. Um, and everything after that is sort of you're splitting hairs, like as long as yeah. you're doing something. So, you know, 
Okay, so the difference between zero to one is huge, but one to two isn't necessarily. Um, yeah, I don't know if there is a two to be honest yeah. in this scenario. So well, it's kind of like uh, the other day I was at my girlfriend's house and I was talking to her about animals, and the difference between zero to one dogs is humongous, right? Like you, mm. you, you go from not having a dog to now you have to feed the thing, you have to walk the thing, you have to take care of it. But the difference between one to two pets or, or dogs isn't really that much different because you're just doing it the same amount. So you know you're just feeding two you're just walking two you're just playing with two and they almost keep each other entertained but to kind of relate that to exercise in the brain i think and let me know if this is true for you and the people you work with but the difference mm. between not exercising and exercising is humongous that is absolutely a big yeah. big big takeaway but the difference between exercising and being obsessive about it and and you know three hours a day and and high intensity (laughs) mixed with resistance and veined out and roided but (laughs) isn't necessarily that much better you just have to do something and you get benefits right and i have uh those clients too who worry about if they should eat like six or seven almonds and honestly it's more like just take a week off and don't think about like exercise (laughs) is your best bet in that scenario so yeah um it's interesting to see people's different uh, ranges, but so many people, especially as they age, just stop exercising and it's not even intentional. It just kind of like slowly happens and then they come to me and they wonder why they're miserable and can't remember stuff and that sort of thing. So, okay, well, uh, it's interesting. Well, we're talking, you touched on obsession and real quick before we end this, I know we're coming up on our, our time, but uh, what, how much is too much? How far do people take this and when can it start to be detrimental? Yeah, I would say unless you're a competitive athlete, in which case every rule is different for you, uh, unless that's what you're doing, probably five days a week of really intense activity would be the most, the absolute most you should do. And the other two days, if you have to do something, I would just walk. Um, but don't look at it as like I'm doing exercise, just like get out of the house and walk around and do something. Uh, but you know, three days of nice intensive exercise and then like four days of walking is perfectly fine. Okay. So, okay. And, yeah. and more isn't always better, right? I mean, just in terms of stress and your dream. No, if you're, and, yeah. if you're highly stressed, I mean, you need to probably focus on sleep more than you need to worry about doing high intensity exercise. So, um, okay. that's the other thing I see a ton of people just don't sleep when they get really stressed and that's can be just as detrimental. So, okay. So the, so the big point then being if you're not exercising get out there you don't have to do marathons you don't have to do crazy stuff just start moving walking and then the other point i'm getting from this is if you're exercising too much maybe tone it down yeah absolutely okay well cool man thanks for stopping by thanks for writing the article and um we'll catch you next week sounds good